What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees, and welcome to week three, and early week three, in fact, of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2022 NFL season and postseason. And of course, I say it's an early week three because week two is not over yet. We're doing this uh, episode on Monday evening. I'm, I feel like uh, Matt the NFL fanatic doing my shows on Mondays. So we've got a pair of Monday night football games that are taking place tonight. So what I wanted to do, originally I thought like, you know what, I'm just going to stream while there's a game on because then there's a big football audience that's already on the internet. They're already paying attention to football related things. And I was like, "Mm, do you really want to, do you really want to divide people's attention? So I figured, you know what, it's probably best if I try to sneak this stream in prior to those games kicking off. So that's why we're doing the show right now. It's a little after five o'clock Eastern. So hopefully the folks that will join me live on the stream here have, uh, have brought their dinners to their computer screens, television screens, and will spend that time with me today. So taking a peek at the week two results, which are of course only partially done. There's still, like I said, the two games left to go. Did turn things around straight up uh, so far in week two. I'm nine and five with two games left to go. So I've at least clinched a winning record, which is a far cry better than what I can say from last week. That pulls my record to 14, 15, and one straight up on the year, just under 50% there, which includes, of course, the tie. Now, against the spread, unfortunately, I gave back any little goodwill that I might have had uh, from week one. I'm only five and nine right now against the spread with two games left to go. Just for those curious, the remaining games in week two, I've got Buffalo uh, covering minus nine and a half here at home against Tennessee and Minnesota taking a point and a half on the road against Philly. Those are my two ATS plays for the rest of week two. So not looking great at five and nine, but you know, seven and nine would at least match what I did in week one. And I'm seven and seven, uh, so even money on the totals so far this week as well. That has me still an even record of 15 and 15 on the season with my two plays in week two left to go. That is under 49 and a half points in Buffalo, Tennessee, and over 52 and a half in Minnesota, Philadelphia. So 12 and 18 against the spread to start the season, 15 and 15 on the totals. Obviously, it's not great. It's been a slow start to the season, but week one was pretty tumultuous. Week two certainly had its uh, its uh, tumultuousness as well. So I'm not feeling too crazy terrible about that. We still obviously have so much time to turn things around, so I'm not going to sweat it too, too much. Uh, the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze, kind of a like normally is a reflection of the rest of the picks at large. Uh, the bronze picks, what we'll start with, I was only one and two in the bronze pick to move me to an even record of three and three. Uh, Cincinnati lost that game to Dallas. Indianapolis failed to cover against the spread in that embarrassing loss against Jacksonville. And I did get the Colts and the Jags staying under their point total. Silver pick, I went two and one to bring that record to two and four on the year. Uh, the Rams beat the Falcons. Baltimore did not cover against the spread against Miami. That incredible comeback by Tua and the Dolphins. And the Jets and Browns went over. Thank you, vehicle that is revving its little engine outside. <laughs> 
<laughs> now, my gold pick was also two and one last week. Also pulled that record to two and four. The Packers beat the Bears. Tampa Bay covered against the spread, but the Chargers and the Chiefs failed to go over by, I think it was about a point and a half. I missed that by. So unfortunately, that did stay under. The platinum pick, nothing. Oh, and three on the platinum pick in week two. Ugh. That brings that record to 2-3-1 and one on the year. That included Baltimore losing to Miami, Cincinnati failing to cover against the spread, and the Commanders and Lions failing to stay under. Obviously, a lot of points in that game. Taking a peek at the Bridgewater's Finest straight-up pick'em pool, which it is not too late to join, by the way. We're only two weeks into the season. No problem at all getting yourself joined up to that pool if you're interested. As a matter of fact, between the Week 2 episode and today, we did get a 36th member of that pool, which is very nice. I've moved up to 24th. I believe I was 31st after Week 1. So I've moved up to 24th as of right now in that pool. Of course, still two games to go in Week 2. Uh, 118 out of 272 possible confidence points. It's a bit over 43%, so obviously a a better cry than what I did in week one. So far in week two, I brought in 72 of 136. It's good for just under 53%. Now, shout out to Broken Ankle, who is currently not only our week two leader, but has moved into the overall lead in the pick'em pool as of right now. Broken Ankle, 9-5 and five straight up. They've brought in 93 of 136 confidence points so far this week, which is a clip of just under 68.5%. Broken Ankle, 17-12-1 straight up. 161 of 272 confidence points overall for just above 59%. But with two games still to play this week, Look, the top five this week are all within 20 points, and the top five overall in the pool are all within 15 points. So there's definitely still a lot of change that can take place, even with just the two games remaining on the week two schedule. But I had to shout out Broken Ankle because not only are they leading the way in week two, but they took over the overall lead. So shout out to Broken Ankle. Uh, Martin in the chat, uh, I know I'll be in and out of this stream due to, uh, working on phone, working phones at home. Glad to see Jimmy G back. Absolutely. Martin. Yeah. We both moved up. You still lead me in your pool just by the littlest bit though. It's, it's obviously it's so early. It's, it's tough to kind of take victory laps about anything, but you know, I got better in week two than it was in week one. So we'll, we'll take a little victory lap over that. So we'll take a peek now into Fantasy Corner, which is, of course, presented by the Dynasty Trade Calculator, my great friends at the DTC. Now, the Dynasty Trade Calculator is one of the absolute best resources available to you online for Dynasty Keeper and long-term fantasy football. If you're dipping your toes into the various types and configurations of long-term fantasy football, the Dynasty Trade Calculator is one of the best things that you can do for the longevity of your, I want to say career, but the longevity of your time in long-term fantasy football. It doesn't matter how your league is configured. There are great rankings, player evaluations, trade evaluations, podcasts. They got incredible experts on that site. And for as little as $3, you can gain access to the Dynasty Trade Calculator. My affiliate link is down in the description to this stream. And the Dynasty Trade Calculator, again, you cannot go wrong with it. It has helped me win fantasy football championships. I can't say enough good things about the DTC. 
Now, in Fantasy Corner, in the Professionals Dynasty and the Anti and Co-Dynasty pools, uh, if you'll remember from last week, I'm playing the Pair of Riches. There's both the guys I'm playing this week are both named Rich. Uh, in the Professionals Dynasty, it's a projected loss for me in week two against Rich that will move my record to 0 and 2, which is obviously a slow start to the fantasy season. Uh, in the Anti and Co Dynasty pool, right now I am projected to win my matchup. But because Aaron Jones went off in the Green Bay Chicago game, now I got to fade Justin Jefferson. And that is a problem. If he goes off tonight, I could have a, uh, a real unfortunate bad beat, a Monday night miracle, if you will. But right now I am projected to move to one and one in the Anti and Co Dynasty. We just did the startup draft for that this year. I've got week three matchups against Mitch and Rachel in those two leagues, respectively. They're both projected wins for me right now. There's some massaging that needs to be done on both of these rosters. It's the early part of the fantasy season. You got to roll with the punches, but projected wins for me in both leagues next week, which would hopefully move me to one and two and two and one. That'd be like best case scenario in those pools. Hoping I can pull it off in week three. And I'll take this opportunity now, as I always do, to remind you that if you go to the description of this live stream, or of course of the video after the fact on YouTube, or the podcast, or wherever you get this show, you can find all of my results from last week, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week three in the NFL in 2022. You can find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pool, season 11 of that Pick'em Pool with confidence points. Never too late to join up into that pool. Get yourself shouted out on this show if you win the week or if you take the overall lead. Nothing is out of the question. You can find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page and you can find information on my great friends and sponsors. I have them with me all the time, the folks over at NerdTease. Now, NerdTease.ca is where you need to go. You're, you're really digging in your brain for something for that tough-to-buy-for person on your Christmas list. NerdTease.ca is where you need to go. You are going to find dozens and dozens of incredible loose-leaf tea blends and accessories. Great stuff like a cup of strawberry daiquiri. But Justin, how can you have a cup of strawberry daiquiri? The folks over at nerdtease.ca have figured it out. They got it done. It's a delicious cup of tea. So what you need to do is go over to nerdtease.ca and use my promo code, which is BWFINEST. That is going to save you 15% at checkout. You're going to get free shipping in Canada on any order over 100 bucks, which I feel is excellent value, especially these days with the cost of shipping. And if you're one of my American viewers or listeners, you will get a great conversion rate on the U.S. dollar. A bunch of incredible stuff at nerdtease.ca. Use the BW Finest promo code to get you 15%. Get your free shipping in Canada. Find yourself something to love or find someone you love something to love. You can do it on nerdtease.ca. Vaping 101 in the chat. Yo, what's up? I actually had off from work today so I can watch the stream live. Awesome, man. Welcome in. Thank you very much for taking the time to join me. Here we go. Week three picks. You came in at just the perfect time. Week three picks are now about to begin. And uh, obviously, like I say, there's some, there's some tiptoeing around stuff that we have to do this week. Primarily the fact that four of the teams that are going to play in week three haven't even played their week two game yet. So, Obviously, we're, 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 we're tiptoeing around here a little bit, but we're going to get this thing done. We're going to kick things off with the week three picks 
in Cleveland where the Pittsburgh Steelers and Cleveland Browns will face off in an AFC North matchup. Now, the Pittsburgh Steelers have obviously had a ton of trouble moving the football so far this season. They rank in the bottom five here in the early part of the season in terms of total offense, not moving the ball on the ground, not moving it through the air. The offensive line feels like it's in shambles, and the calls for Kenny Pickett under center are getting louder and louder and louder. I don't think Mitch Trubisky's been terrible. Like, I've seen him do some stuff. But obviously, this is a fan base. Um, this is a fan base that has a very high expectation. So it doesn't shock me that the just after two games, we're already seeing the uh, the start Kenny Pickett calls. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, they've been fairly decent on the offensive side. They move the ball relatively well, uh, more so on the ground, I would say, than through the air. Jacoby Brissett has been fine, kind of threw an ugly pick there late uh, in their game week two in that loss, that surprising loss. What was it 31-30, I think, against the Jets? I will pat myself on the back like the good Barry Horowitz that I am and say I had the Jets winning that game in week two. So I feel obviously very, very good about that. It was one of the, I finally started snagging a couple of these upset picks. And the fact that it was in Cleveland probably made it all the sweeter for the New York Jets. But they've moved the ball fairly well, have the Browns, their defense has kind of been 50-50. I think on paper, the Cleveland Browns, and I mean, they're they're understandably the favorites here, not only being at home, but I think having the better results, I would say, through the first couple of weeks. They're laying four and a half points at home. It's not a surprise to me, but man, these division matchups, I neither one of these teams strike me as, oh, that's a good team, or like, oh, that's a very good team. Neither one of these teams strike me as that. They both strike me as teams that are okay, but kind of struggling for one reason or another. Obviously, Cleveland does not have their presumed QB1. Uh, Pittsburgh is still trying to figure out life without TJ Watt, and of course, that offensive line is a problem. So neither one of these teams strike me as very good. So in an instance where you've got a division matchup featuring two teams that aren't exactly the greatest, it's, it takes a lot for me to not lean on the underdog in that matchup, which is exactly what I'm going to do here. I think you see Kenny Pickett in this football game, for one. I think we have a Kenny Pickett sighting, and I think the Pittsburgh Steelers go into Cleveland and pick up the win. I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers in the upset. They get the win over Cleveland, so let's take Pittsburgh over Cleveland. So against the spread, like I said, Browns are laying four and a half points. I like Pittsburgh to win. I'm more than happy to take that plus 4.5. I would take that plus 4.5 no matter which way you want to go in this game. Even if you like Cleveland to win, I don't feel comfortable laying that many points in a division matchup where the two teams are as similar as I think they are. So I'm going to take that plus four and a half, and I like that so much that I'm actually going to make that my bronze pick against the spread this week, the Pittsburgh Steelers plus the 4.5. Total in the game set at 38 and a half points. This is more so a play on the number, I think, than anybody else, or than anything else, I should say. Like, okay, low 40s, I get it. When you give me a number in the 30s, I'm sorry, I'm going to bite on the over almost every single time. So we're going to go ahead and take over 38.5 points in Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Like I said, I think we see some Kenny Pickett. I think he probably moves the offense along a little bit better 
than Mitch Trubisky is right now. So we'll take over 38 and a half. Let's go Steelers 23, Browns 17. Pittsburgh gets the win. Pittsburgh covers the plus four and a half. Total goes over. All right, Martin in the chat, if there are any major injuries in the Monday Night Football game, you certainly can change your picks. Yeah, like I'm, I'm going to leave that door open for sure that if something like cataclysmic happens in the two games that happen tonight, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave myself the option to say like, oh, hey, everybody on this one team got hurt. So I took them to win. I'm not going to do that anymore. So I will certainly leave that door open. If I don't have to do it, then I certainly won't. But if, you know, if necessity comes along, then, you know, I gotta. Martin as well, I'd like to see Pittsburgh win, but I'm still undecided. That's fair. Like, I mean, this is one of those games where, again, like either team can win. This feels like an absolute coin flip. I'm just biting on the points and biting on the dog. Let's go to Chicago now. The Bears are going to play host to the Houston Texans. This is a matchup of two of the kind of hovering around bottom five offenses so far in the NFL. Uh, two of these uh, teams uh, just not moving the ball very well at all. Chicago, you can kind of say like, all right, like that first week, the weather certainly played a role. Their offense was inept. Against Green Bay. What did they score? 10 points? I think what was the final? 27 to 10? They just they just didn't do anything. They did they did a little bit at the beginning of the game. And that was about it. And and I think that's just kind of what the Bears offense is right now. So I like I'm I'm very willing to believe that this Bears offense is what we've seen over the past two weeks. Now the Houston Texans, they are on the tail end of back-to-back road games. They're a bottom five offense as well. They're also a bottom five defense. They are not stopping anyone on the defensive side. I was saying in the preseason, I was so high on Davis Mills, and I thought Davis Mills was going to come out and have an incredible sophomore campaign. Boy, these first two weeks have not uh, have not gone in my favor uh, in uh, in those terms. This is not a division matchup, but I'm almost applying the same rule here. This is two football teams that are not very good in my eyes. This number opened with Chicago laying three points at home. Granted, they are at home, but to me, that's kind of Vegas telling you they think these two teams are very, very similar. Who's got the better playmakers? I'd argue that the Chicago Bears do have the better playmakers. I would certainly argue that the Bears have the better defense. All of these things should lead me to take the Bears in this game. I'm not taking the Bears in this game. We're going with our second straight upset. I am going to take the Houston Texans here on the road in Chicago to get the upset win. So once again, I'm kind of biting on the dog and biting on the points, but it's also genuinely how I feel. I watched Almost every down of Chicago Bears football that I have watched this season, I've been like, they're they're nothing. They're just they're just kind of there. And I shouldn't say they're nothing. That makes it sound more aggressive than I mean. But like they're they haven't shown me anything that makes me be like, oh, like that could be something. It just kind of feels like they're there. So man, I, I I'm going to bite on the points, and I'm going to bite on the dog, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. That's okay. We're going to grab the Houston Texans, even though they're on the tail end of back-to-back road games. On the road in Chicago, Houston gets the win over the Bears. 
So obviously where the Bears are laying two and a half points as a home favorite, I like Houston to win. Give me the plus two and a half on the Texans. Total in the game set at 40 and a half points. And I don't trust either one of these offenses to score points. I think the defenses come to play in this one. Let's take under 40 and a half points in Houston, Chicago. Let's go Texans 16, Bears 10. Very low scoring game. You can probably skip this one unless you're a diehard fan of either one of these teams. Let's go with it under 40 and a half. Houston plus the two and a half and Houston wins the game outright. Uh, Martin, same rules apply when a player gets injured during practice. If the player is out of the game coming up, might affect the outcome. Yeah, no, you you are 100% right. And then, Martin, you're making Lovey Smith a happy homecoming. It's, it's, as long as I can make somebody in the league happy, that's I, I feel like I've done my job. All right, let's go to Tennessee now in the first of our four games featuring a team that has not played yet in week two. That is the Tennessee Titans at home playing host to the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, neither one of these teams have been particularly impressive to me on the defensive side so far. Once again, we've only seen Tennessee play once. We'll get to see their second game tonight. But both of these teams, it seems like you can move the ball on them fairly comfortably. Uh, The Raiders, after a pretty good offensive showing in week one, didn't necessarily have the same kind of oomph in week two. Um... Like, it wasn't a bad game necessarily, but I just didn't see the same kind of offensive movement from the Raiders in Week 2 that we saw from them in Week 1. Uh, in terms of the Titans, I their offense is just kind of pedestrian. Like, I think their offense is what it is outside of Derrick Henry, who can certainly break games wide open. But I just don't see an offensive juggernaut here from uh, Tennessee, But with these defenses, anybody can have a really good game, right? In terms of how I think this one is going to go, yes, you've got the Titans on the short week, which certainly plays a a big role here. But um, I think think I'm going to look at the Titans in this one. They're a one-point dog at home, so maybe I'm just getting – maybe I'm just so excited over underdogs that uh, maybe that's blinding me a little bit. And, you know, I do have – this weird, like I'm sensing a pattern in myself that I'm almost, I'm not meaning to be anti-Raiders, but I'm sounding really anti-Raiders early on in the season. I just don't necessarily see what's special about them with the exception of Devontae Adams, because Devontae Adams is that player. But outside of him, I don't necessarily see what's special about that team. And I do know that the Tennessee Titans are capable of being special. Um, the ultimate team that plays up or down to the opponent that they're playing against. But I think as a one-point dog here, I really got to take a long look at the Tennessee Titans outright. And I think that's the way I'm going to go with things this week. Let's take Tennessee at home to pick up the win over the Raiders as a one-point dog. So obviously give me the single point against the spread on Tennessee. Total in that game is set at 45 and a half points. Feels like a game that, you know, feels like a game that should go over, especially given what I just said about the two defenses, that the both defenses aren't necessarily anything special. But I think, well, Tennessee's offense will take that extra step forward. I don't necessarily trust that I'll see it from the Raiders. So we're going to stick under on this number. This, this is a real coin flip play. 
I, I feel perfectly fine no matter which way you want to go on this number because it is in and of itself kind of a middling number and can be a tough call. I'm going to stick under on this one, under 45 and a half points in Tennessee, Las Vegas. Let's go Titans 23, Raiders 20. Tennessee gets the win. Give me the single point on the home dog. Uh, Martin, again, uh, Las Vegas did so well in the first half of the Arizona game. Very, very true. They definitely did really well in the first half and then just kind of let it go, right? Just kind of let it go. And now I did, you know, I was I was happy because that was one of my dog picks from last week. So that did certainly work out. But uh, yeah, there were, there were certain points that, again, again, that's why I don't really trust that defense all that much. There were certain points in that game that was just like, what are, what are you what are you doing like this you have such an opportunity just put your foot down and just put like just keep your foot on their throat and you're going to win this game like you took one of their legs out just push them and just lean on them until they fall over and they just they weren't able to do it i don't think they get the job done this week either so give me tennessee raiders historically don't play well in tennessee fantastic i'm going to pretend that i knew that outright and that it factored into my pick see that's why that's why i i will I will never not need you around, Martin. I, I need I need information like that. I need you, and now I'm glad I'm doing the show live. I need you feeding me information like that. I appreciate that. Let's go to Indianapolis now. Colts are going to play host to the Kansas City Chiefs. So obviously I got to consider this like one of the marquee matchups of the week three slate. Indianapolis obviously off to a very disappointing start to the season. And once again, like I said it in the pre-show, that team is too good to be this bad. Like, they're too good to have only a tie against Houston and then get embarrassingly shut out. Like, not just shut out, embarrassingly shut out. 24 to nothing against Jacksonville. Like, it's just, what? Like, what in the world? How could you possibly? How could that be with as good, like, you've got all pro caliber players up and down that lineup. Yeah, sure, Michael Pittman wasn't playing, but, like, you've still got guys and just nothing. Paris Campbell, let me take a second to complain about something fantasy-wise for a second. Paris Campbell, I picked him up because I'm like, no Pittman, no Alec Pierce, the targets have to go to somebody. Two targets, I'm sorry, I spit, I'm so mad. Two targets, no catches. How? And yet, despite that, offensively, they move the ball better than average. They're like top 10 so far in the league. Yes, it's only two weeks in, but still. And defensively, they're in the top 10 in terms of total defense. Just hasn't translated to any kind of actual success where it really, really matters. Meanwhile, the Kansas City Chiefs are still the electric lightning offense that We've come to know them as with, you know, a guy like Tyreek Hill. They don't have him. They're like, that's okay. We're just going to keep doing our thing. And so far, they've kept doing their thing. Their defense is average. Their offense moves the ball exceptionally well. And the Chiefs have the benefit of the long week this week, which is another, uh, obviously, another feather in their cap. Now, what I will point out, this is the Colts' home opener. They started the season with back-to-back road games, so this is the first game in Lucas Oil Stadium this year. That does certainly play into things from an emotional perspective, from a, you know, you, you get up for games like this. It's your first game in front of your home fans. That does definitely play into things here. 
I I mean, look, the Chiefs are the better team. They're certainly the better team. They're laying six and a half points in this game. We're going to take the Kansas City Chiefs here as the better team on the road in Indianapolis to beat the Colts. However, with the Chiefs laying six and a half, I am going to give this to the Colts against the spread. So I am kind of hedging my bets here a little bit. I think Indianapolis stays with them. Maybe that's just me smoking some hopium, I guess, that they will stay with them because it just winds up being a better football game. But I'm going to take the plus six and a half on the Colts. Who knows? That could be a big upset for them early in the year with the home opener. It's it's on the table. It's entirely possible. But we're going to take the Chiefs to win outright, take the Colts, plus the six and a half points. Total in the game set at 48 and a half. I, I have to go over on this. Have to go over in basically basically Kansas City over until proven otherwise sort of thing. So we're going to go over 48.5 points in Kansas City, Indianapolis. Let's go Chiefs 31, Colts 26. I think the Colts put up some points. Stick with them. Once again, the Chiefs defensively are average. They're not out of this world. They're not terrible, but they're kind of average. So I think Indianapolis especially on the heels of getting shut out last week. I think the offense has something to prove. Hopefully they'll have Michael Pittman back, but I think they'll certainly put up their points, keep it close enough that the plus six and a half pays off for them. But I'll still take the Chiefs outright. Uh, Martin, I'm not up there with Half Moon or Matt, the NFL fanatic. Well, like, who is, right? Like, these are, we've got, we've got incredible, incredible progs in our community here. It's no joke. We've got some great folks in here that do some great work and come up with some great stats and reasoning why they're taking their picks. I'm trying to be a little more free flow and a little more guts based this year. Obviously we've started off a little slowly, but I'm trying to be a little more like that, especially where I'm streaming live. I'm just trying to kind of keep it a little more instinctual. But look, we got people in this community that are doing incredible work and the stuff that those guys come up with is fantastic. All right, let's go to Miami now. Another divisional matchup, this time the AFC East. The Buffalo Bills are in town taking on the Dolphins. Dolphins obviously had that monster comeback last week on the heels of six touchdown passes from Tua Tagovailoa. Obviously an incredible performance for him. Where was it? It was on a fantasy bench of mine because of course it was. Um, But look, Miami, they had an incredible comeback in that game and Their offense just over the first couple weeks of the season here has been clicking along really, really well. They've turned into this pass-first offense. They've got options now. They've got weapons. Jalen Waddell is off to a great start this year. Mike Gesicki is getting a few more targets than I thought he would. I kind of thought his target share would totally dry up because he's not really getting those slot receiver reps like he used to. But he's still got the targets in there. Obviously, Tyreek Hill is an absolute weapon. So I like what the Dolphins have done offensively. They kind of given it back a little bit on the defensive side. You can move the ball fairly easily on the Dolphins defense. But at times, that offense is so nuclear that it doesn't really matter. But then you got the Buffalo Bills. Now, yes, Buffalo will be on the short week because Buffalo does play tonight. But their offense has been electric. Their defense has been electric so far this year. They're ranked in the top five in both categories in terms of moving the ball offensively, preventing the ball from being moved defensively. I mentioned before they were the number one total defense last year, the only team in the NFL last year to allow less than 300 total yards on average per game. So obviously, like I can't say enough about how good that Bills defense can be. 
with all those weapons and with the quarterback that they have back there, it's it's kind of impossible for me right now to not pick with the Buffalo Bills, assuming something catastrophic doesn't happen this evening. We're going to go ahead and take Buffalo here in Miami. I think it's going to be a very, very interesting game because I do want to see whether or not this Dolphins offense is for real. In the first two weeks, you can be forgiven if you're like me and kind of not necessarily be 100% convinced that the offensive flow here with Miami is for real. Baltimore's defense is porous. Like it's it's not awful, but it's it's porous. Like you can move the ball on Baltimore. You certainly can move the ball on Baltimore. And then who they play week one? Week one they played the Patriots and their offense, the Patriots offense struggled so much in that game. It doesn't surprise me that the Dolphins moved the ball so well when they had it. So I it's again, I just got to see if it's for real. So we're going to go ahead and take Buffalo here. And we're also going to take Buffalo minus the five points that they are the favorite by. They are on the road, but Miami taking plus five as a home dog. I just don't quite feel comfortable with uh, not taking Buffalo, given anything under a touchdown. So we're going to go ahead and lay the five points on the Buffalo Bills. Total in the game set at 51 and a half. I'm actually going to take the under here because I have so much faith in that Bills defense. I think their defense has a pretty virtuoso performance in this one. Makes it tough for Tua. I think Tua might throw up a pick or two. We are going to go under the 51.5 point total. Let's go Buffalo 30, Miami 17. Bills win a critical divisional matchup. Speaking of critical divisional matchups, let's go to the NFC North now. The Minnesota Vikings at home taking on Motor City Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions. Probably one of the, I guess, feel-good stories is a, a good way to describe it, of the NFL season so far. Now, Detroit is the very definition, and there's a couple of teams that are this way so far, the very definition of a glass cannon. They're moving the ball exceptionally well on the offensive side. Jared Goff has looked very good, very good. And that offense has looked very good, spreading the ball around. Amon Ross St. Brown is for real. They are just moving the ball really well. And of course, DeAndre Swift is a star. But the defense, man, <laughs> that defense, that defense is, oh boy, that is, that is Fremunda cheese. That defense is really, it's not even Swiss cheese. It's Fremunda cheese. Fremunda where? Exactly. Um, that, that defense is not good. So the offense can make up for that in some cases, but boy, that defense is awful. You, you have to almost completely, in my opinion anyway, completely revamp that entire defense. And I certainly can't say the same about the Vikings. Their defense has been decent so far this year. Not fantastic, but it certainly hasn't been terrible. The offense has also done a pretty good job of moving the ball so far in the first couple of weeks. Vikings will be coming into this one on the short week because they do play one of the games tonight. Actually, Martin just made a great point in the chat, and I'm going to stop myself right here just to just to uh, echo this point. Yes, but Aiden Hutchinson will knock someone down. Yeah, Aiden Hutchinson's a bit of a dog. So th there are there are pieces there. They're coming along, but as a whole, mm, oh boy, that defense. Um, I really like the Vikings here. Of course, the part of that's going to play into what we see from them tonight. I really like the Vikings in this spot, especially where the game is at home. Give me the Minnesota Vikings at home to get the win over the Lions. Again, Detroit just kind of that glass cannon type of team. 
it's tough to trust them against good opposition. And I think the Minnesota Vikings are good opposition. So on the line, Minnesota is laying a full touchdown. And without the benefit of getting to see them play this week before making this pick, it's a division game. I don't think I can lay the full touchdown. I think Detroit's offense will be good enough to keep pace in this game. So I got to take the seven points here on Detroit. If it was six, if it was five, if it was four. Now you're starting to kind of get into an area where I'd probably lay the points on the Vikings. We're not in that area. So I think I'm going to have to take them. We're going to take the seven points on Detroit. Total in the game is the highest total of the week, 53 and a half points. And the only reason I'm skewing under on this one, again, other than not having had the chance to watch Minnesota play their second game, the only reason I'm skewing under here is because the NFL is skewing so under. Yes, you will have some games that will be those 31 to 30s that shoot over whatever point total. But look, the under so far in the NFL the overs only hit nine times. They've played 30 games, only nine overs so far this year. So the league as a whole is really skewing under. The offense has not caught up to the defense yet. So this is going to be an unpopular play. And if it's wrong, it's wrong. But I'm going to stick under on this point total because it's the biggest total of the week. Under 53 and a half points in Detroit, Minnesota. Let's go Vikings 26 Lions 20. Like I said, I think the offense keeps pace, so we're going to take the seven points on Detroit, but Minnesota wins the game outright. All right, let's go to New England now, where you have basically the story of two teams going in exact opposite directions. You got the New England Patriots playing host of the Baltimore Ravens. So in New England, you have a team that has kind of struggled to move the ball a little bit. But their defense has been exceptionally good at stopping opposing teams. With Baltimore, you have a team that moves the ball fairly well, but their defense can't stop anybody, basically. You can really, I mentioned it a little bit earlier in the show, you can really move the ball on the Baltimore Ravens. So they're, they're Jekyll and Hyde images of each other in this sense. Um... This is the Patriots' home opener because they also, like the Indianapolis Colts, opened the season with back-to-back road games. So home opener in Gillette Stadium, that does definitely matter. Genuinely, I think the Baltimore Ravens are the better football team. Top to bottom, I still think Baltimore is the better football team no matter what happened last week. Baltimore had to get themselves into that position in order to give that position up. So you don't uh, accident your way into getting yourself into a position like they had in that game last week. They are a very good football team that just kind of screwed up last week. Um, And I think being a very good football team is going to be enough to get the win over a New England Patriots team that I just, I'm just not convinced yet. So let's take the Ravens here on the road in New England. They get the win. Baltimore beats the Patriots. Uh, On the line, New England is taking three points here in their home opener uh, as a dog. I am going to go ahead and lay the three points on the Ravens. I like them to win. It's a relatively small price to pay. So let's lay the three points on Baltimore. 
Total in the game set at 42 and a half points, and I love the over in this game. Love, love, love over 42 and a half. So much so that over 42 and a half in Baltimore, New England is going to be my silver pick on the total. So over 42 and a half silver pick on the totals in Baltimore, New England. Let's go Baltimore 24, New England 20. Baltimore wins, Baltimore covers. Give me the over on the 42 and a half. Now, I was worried I would do this, and I think I did it last week, and I did it again this week. The Buffalo in the Buffalo Miami game. Buffalo beating Miami is my silver pick straight up. So Buffalo over Miami. Again, I have them winning that game 30 to 17. Buffalo over Miami is my silver pick straight up. And the Buffalo Bills covering minus five is actually my platinum pick against the spread. So Bills minus five, platinum pick against the spread. Bills over Dolphins, silver pick straight up. So sorry about that. It missed, uh, it, it skipped my mind when we were talking about those two games, but those are two of those platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks. So once again, Buffalo over Miami, silver pick straight up, Buffalo minus five, platinum pick against the spread. Let's go to New York now. The Jets are going to play host to the Cincinnati Bengals. And look, I talked about it on the pre-stream and it's actually, it's in the description to this stream. If you're uh, watching live and you want to go take a look at it right now. Teams that start the season 0-2 and their percentage chance of making the playoffs is not good. And when you talk about the Cincinnati Bengals here as the defending AFC champions to start their season 0-2 and carry just over an 11% chance to go to the postseason after going to the Super Bowl, that it's, it's almost cataclysmic. It's getting very close. And yeah, Great, both team, both games anyway have been at least so like they've been they've both been competitive, but to me there's no excuse for losing that game last week. I can I can understand week one division game stuff happens, but man oh man, the last week I think is almost inexcusable, uh, given Dallas's quarterback situation. You know what I mean? That's props to Dallas; they got the job done, but you know what I'm saying. So, Cincinnati, I think their defense has been fine. It's been the offense. Like, I mean, the offense is just pedestrian right now, especially with the weapons on it that they do have. It it comes down to Joe Burrow and the offense and their ability to move the football. That needs to get back to last year's levels in order for the Bengals to start finding success. And I think he's just getting hit a little too much as well. So, I think the um, improvements, in air quotes, to the offensive line, aren't quite paying off the way that they would hope that they would be up to this point. Bengals are coming into this one on the tail end of back-to-back road games as well. The New York Jets, man, they came back in that game. They picked up the win 31-30 in Cleveland. They ruined, um, what is it, Brownie, the angry evil elf man on Cleveland's 50-yard line. They, They ruined his debut, but... That's awesome, man. Awesome. Big ups to the Jets for getting that win. Are the Jets the kind of team that I think is going to win two straight games? They're just not. Um, Props to Garrett Wilson. It was an excellent game for Garrett Wilson. A coming out party for Garrett Wilson, if you will. Um, Just his second pro game, and obviously he has himself a great performance. I don't necessarily think that repeats itself this week. 
0-2 might not be cataclysmic given that we're now playing 17 game seasons, but you want to know what is? 0-3. The Cincinnati Bengals have to be hungrier for this game than I'm sure they would have expected themselves to have had to have been at this point when they were looking at their schedule in the preseason and go, okay, but boy, you look at this game now in the context of being 0-2, they cannot afford, if they go 0-3, like pack it up. Like what's what's the point for the rest of the year? I don't think you're getting into the playoffs after starting the season 0-3 unless you go on a Herculean run, which I don't necessarily know is in them in this regular season. So this is a game that Cincinnati absolutely positively has to win. Even though Martin points out in the chat that the Jets did beat Cincy last season, I can't go with it. I can't go with um I can't go with the Jets winning two straight games for one, and I can't go with Cincy going 0-3. So we're gonna grab the Bengals here on the road in New York to get the win over the Jets. So much so that the Cincinnati Bengals over the New York Jets are my completely not deserved straight up platinum pick. Like this is me playing the story. The story here is Cincinnati can't afford to go 0-3. So I'm not going to allow them in my brain hole to go 0-3. I think since he gets the win, and they're going to be my platinum pick straight up. Uh, on the line, the Jets are taking four and a half points here as a home dog. I'm going to lay those points on the Bengals probably... Again, not deservedly so, but I think Cincinnati's got something to prove this week, and I think, unfortunately, the Jets are just kind of going to be in the way. So we're going to lay the four and a half points on Cincinnati. Total in the game set at 45 and a half. It's a very middling number. It's a very beatable number, but still, the way the league is skewing, it's skewing on the under right now. We're going to stay under 45 and a half points in Cincinnati, New York. Let's go Bengals 24, Jets 14. A nice double-digit win for Cincinnati. Get some of those confidence points back, proverbial confidence points this time. I think Cincinnati picks up the 10-point win, taking them to cover the spread, winning the game straight up. Nobody else in the chat wants to say anything. We've had, we've had, you know, multiple viewers the entire stream. Nobody but Martin seems to want to speak up. All right. Let's go now to Washington, where the Commanders are going to play host to the Philadelphia Eagles Battle of the NFC East. Now, both of these teams uh, rank basically right around or inside the top five in terms of total offense so far this season. So both of these teams moving the ball exceptionally well. Carson Wentz coming off of a three-touchdown performance for Washington last week. Philly, of course, is going to be on the short week. They play their game tonight. We'll have to see what their um, what their performance is this evening. But they're another team moving the ball exceptionally well. Neither one of these defenses are particularly great so far in the early season. Philly's right around the bottom 10. Of course, we have to see what happens tonight. Washington's right around the bottom five in terms of total off or total defense. They're allowing a ton of yardage. They're that same glass cannon type of team, except this really takes it to the extreme top five in offense to bottom five in defense. Another divisional matchup, weird and wonky and wonderful things happen in division matchups. However, we're going to grab the Philadelphia Eagles here. I am a believer in that team. I think just genuinely top to bottom, they're the better team, I think, with the better weapons and the better defense. So we're going to go ahead and grab the Philadelphia Eagles here on the road in Washington to get the win over the Commanders. 
Uh, on the line, Washington is taking four points here as a home underdog. And I think I'm going to go ahead and take those points as well. I think this is a tight football game. Two teams that will stay competitive with each other, I think. Again, I really liked what I saw out of Carson Wentz last week. It's good enough for me to take the four points with the Commanders. Total in the game set at 50 and a half. I'm going to grab the over in this one. I think both of these offenses put up their points. I think it stays a very competitive and exciting football game all the way through. Let's go Philly 27, Washington 24. So Philly gets the win. Take the four points with Washington. I think that's a decent little hedge to have there and take over the point total. As we approach the hour mark here on the stream, of course, that includes a little bit of pre-stream, we are going to go to Carolina, where the Panthers are going to play host to the New Orleans Saints. Now, with New Orleans, they are probably what I would consider the definition of average so far this season. I think the offense has been average. I think the defense has been average. I think both of those you know, both of those facets of the game, they've been good but not great. I think they're right around league average in both instances. Now, obviously, they um, they being the Saints, uh, dealing with weird, weird injury-related stuff. Like, all the props in the world to Jameis Winston for that kind of performance under that kind of pain that he had to be in last week. But I have to question whether that actually put the team in the best position to win. He didn't really start throwing deep until later in that game. And when he was doing it, a lot of those throws were under throws. And basically for the first, I'd say three quarters of the game, he didn't throw farther than 10 yards. And now look, he'll be better this week. Certainly if he's, if he's capable of playing, but every time he got hit, I was like, because I mean, look, what do you have? Four fractures, little fractures in his back. Every time he gets hit, that's potentially like, there's the season, or there's his season at the very least. Every time he gets hit, it's cringeworthy. He's not throwing the ball the way Jameis Winston would usually throw the ball. And I have to question whether he was the best option under center that put them in the best position to win that game last week. To their benefit, they should probably get Alvin Kamara back this week. Mark Ingram, I think, had 60 yards or something. So Mark Ingram was fine, but not Alvin Kamara. It's not the same offense without Kamara in there. So he should come back this week. Carolina Panthers have been fairly decent on the defensive side. They're in the top 10 in total defense right now. That offense is anemic. Like they, they're just not moving the ball and they have the weapons that they should be moving the ball better than they are, but they're just not. Um, they, they have the, they have the capacity. They have the capability. They just don't necessarily have the, consistency in moving the football. And I think the Saints are a team that you have to beat in part with consistency. That's a good football team. And a good football team, a balanced football team on both sides. It takes a team that plays on the level of a Tampa Bay Bucks, that play on a level of special to really, you know, comfortably beat, I think, a team like New Orleans. I don't see that out of Carolina, so got to go ahead and grab the Saints here. Let's take New Orleans on the road in Carolina to beat the Panthers. Uh, on the line, Carolina's taking three points here as the home dog. Uh, I like New Orleans to win. It's a relatively small price to pay. Let's lay the minus three on New Orleans. Total in the game set at 40 and a half. I'm going to stick under on it because I don't know that Kamara is going to play. 
Uh, I don't love the offensive upside of one of the teams at all. I like the offensive upside of the other team if everything lines up, but it doesn't look like everything's necessarily going to line up. So let's stick under 40.5 points in Carolina, New Orleans. Let's go Saints 17, Panthers 13, and that is going to keep us under on the point total. Saints will lay the minus three and pick up the win outright. All right, we've reached the point in the stream where your boy needs some water. Uh, Martin in the chat, Saints defense will be enough to confuse Mayfield. I think that's probably accurate. Um, I don't know that we'll necessarily. How much longer do you figure before there's a quarterback controversy in Carolina? Again, like how much longer do you think Mayfield holds on to that job? I think it's a legitimate question, but we shall see. Let's go to Los Angeles now. This is going to be a relatively quick one. Chargers at home playing host of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Jacksonville, their defense, I think, is certainly playing above almost everyone's expectations, certainly my own. Um, Jacksonville actually showing an ability to prevent teams from moving the ball here and there, which is not something we've seen from them for quite some time. The Chargers, they move the ball rather well. They're in the top 10 uh, in terms of total offense. They also have the benefit of the long week here, so they've got that 10 days to prepare. Um, I love the Chargers here. I'm a big, big, big believer in the Chargers this week, and part of that is kind of like the Jets. I just don't believe in Jacksonville winning two straight games. I just really, really don't. So let's go ahead and grab the Chargers with the long week. Los Angeles gets the win over the Jags. On the line, the Chargers are laying seven points here at home. I feel comfortable laying those points as well. Let's take the Chargers minus the seven points. Uh, total in the game here set at 47 and a half points. I think both of these defenses are capable of keeping a relatively low scoring game. We're going to go ahead and take the under here on 47 and a half. Under 47 and a half in the Chargers Jags. Let's go Chargers 27, Jags 17. Now, Martin does bring up a very interesting point here in the chat, but will Justin Herbert play? That is a great question. I know that obviously there's a lot of controversy right now around like Tyrod Taylor suing the same doctor that's working on Herbert right now because of the whole punctured lung fiasco in 2020. So I understand that there's a lot of concern right now. We're actually going to do this in real time. I've got my phone with me right here and I just am going to look up um, a variety of injury reports uh, very quickly here and see if anybody's saying anything specifically about Justin Herbert. It may be too early in the week to make an estimation on that, but let's just see what's being talked about here. Uh, rib cartilage. According to Coach Staley, and this was on Friday, they're only listing Herbert um, as day-to-day, -day, even though he does have that fractured rib cartilage. So it is definitely something to pay attention to. If Herbert doesn't play, I think obviously that changes the context of this game. I still think the Chargers are a good enough team top to bottom, especially if they get Keenan Allen back. I think they're a good enough team top to bottom that they probably win this game outright one way or the other. But it... Um, you know, it is it is definitely a situation. Now, the Chargers are going to be reassessing uh, him today. 
But it, you, we may not know until Wednesday or maybe even Thursday whether um, Justin Herbert is going to play this week or not. That's an excellent call out by Martin. I'm just pretty comfortable in the Chargers one way or the other. But this is a line to watch for sure because if they announce that Herbert is like questionable or doubtful, this line will move down and that could be something that you might be able to take advantage of. Let's go to Arizona now. Rams are in town to take on the Cardinals. Uh, yeah, Martin, his absence, if it happens, would change the spread. Absolutely. Big, big time. Uh, Rams in Arizona to take on the Cardinals. The Cardinals are one of the worst total defenses in the NFL to start this early season. They rank in the bottom five. Uh, the Rams are one of the, interestingly enough, one of the worst total offenses. They rank inside or right around the bottom five in terms of moving the ball here in the first couple of weeks. Now, this is going to be our first opportunity to look at a potential injury situation. It comes on Arizona's side of things, and it's James Conner. He's dealing with an ankle injury that he suffered, I think, late in that game last week. That's definitely something to monitor. I think he's probably on the closer to the playing side than not playing, but if he doesn't play, he's such a touchdown machine. Like, he just has such a nose for the end zone that his absence... I think makes a big difference specifically on the scoreboard. Maybe not necessarily in terms of total offense, but just his ability to get the ball in the end zone. It's it's kind of uncanny, uh, especially for guys at his position. He's just a touchdown hog. If he doesn't play, I think it changes things significantly here for the Cardinals. And they're only kind of an average total offense as it is. You start taking a bunch of points off the board, it's going to be a long day. I think it's going to probably wind up being a relatively long day one way or the other. I think the Rams are continuing here to play as if they've got something extra to prove, which I think arguably I think they do after that week one performance. Let's take the Rams on the road in Arizona to pick up the win here over the Cardinals. So much so that the Rams over the Cardinals are going to be my bronze pick straight up this week. Rams beat Arizona in Arizona. That's the bronze pick straight up. Now, against the spread, Arizona is taking four points here as a home dog. I don't like that at all. I think the Rams cover this number, uh, I think, relatively comfortably. So let's go ahead and lay the minus four on the Los Angeles Rams, so much so that the Rams minus four is going to be my silver pick against the spread. Rams minus four, silver pick against the spread. Total in the game set at 50 and a half points. I think this goes over. I think both of these offenses are kind of clicking along right now with points on the board. Again, if James Conner doesn't play, that could change things. But as of right now, we're going to grab over 50 and a half in Los Angeles, Arizona. Let's go uh, Rams 30, Cardinals 24. So Rams lay the minus four and get the win. Total goes over. Ah, darn it. I did it again. So I did it one more time. Chargers straight up over the Jags. My gold pick straight up. So the Chargers over the Jags. My gold pick straight up. The Rams over the Cardinals. My bronze pick straight up. The Rams minus four. My silver pick against the spread. Sorry, I'm trying to, I'm trying to pay attention. I just keep missing it. It's what happens when you get old. So we got four games left on the slate to talk about here. The first one is the Atlanta Falcons on the road in Seattle taking on the Seahawks. Now Atlanta 
on the tail end here of back-to-back road games. Their offense has been kind of, you know, it's been kind of middle of the pack, a little maybe a little lower than middle of the pack this year, but they've definitely got some weapons and they've done some good things on the offensive side so far this season. They continue to struggle with putting it all together. The Seahawks have really struggled moving the ball this year. They looked good in parts in week one, not so much, uh, not so much in week two. So they're ranked right now in and around the bottom five in terms of total offense and in and around the bottom 10 in terms of total defense. So between these two teams, I think the defenses are relatively similar, at least statistically speaking. The Atlanta Falcons have the better offense between these two teams. I don't think I'm saying anything um, massive in saying that. I like what I've seen out of Drake London. We know Kyle Pitts is a weapon. If they stop using him as a damn decoy and actually throw him the ball every now and then, we know Kyle Pitts can be game-breaking. I think Atlanta's got the big game-breakers on their roster. I don't necessarily see that with Seattle. I'm going to take the upset here. Seattle's laying a point and a half here as a home favorite. I'm going to go the other way. I like Atlanta on the road in Seattle to win that game outright. Atlanta beats the Seahawks in Seattle, beats the 12th man. So obviously where I'm going to take Atlanta to win that game straight up, I like them plus the point and a half. So give me the point and a half on the Falcons. Total in the game set at 41 and a half, and this is one of my favorite totals of this week. Let's go over that 41 and a half point total. It's a play on the number, but it's also a play on the offenses who are in the game. Two defenses that have kind of struggled a little bit this year. I like it so much that Atlanta Seattle over 41 and a half is going to be my bronze pick on the total. So Atlanta Seattle over 41 and a half bronze pick on the over unders. Let's go Atlanta 24, Seattle 20. Atlanta gets the win. Take the point and a half on the Falcons. Total goes over. All right. Now, Green Bay Packers in Tampa Bay taking on the Bucks. This is going to be the Bucks home opener. They started the season with back-to-back games on the road. Green Bay feels like they righted the ship a little bit uh, in the game last night where they had a very convincing win over the Chicago Bears where Aaron Jones finally was used like I've been saying they should be using Aaron Jones. So that was a great, great, great thing to see. And more of that, please, Matt LaFleur, if you happen to be watching. So look, the Packers, their offense kind of turned it around a little bit. Defense is still only kind of treading water here in the first couple of weeks. I've had higher expectations for the Packers defense this year. Haven't quite gotten to see it yet. Uh, in the way that they have performed in the first couple of games. Can't say the same for the Bucks. Man, that defense has been absolutely on fire. And I saw some uh, I saw a conversation taking place about whether the Bucks defense would have to carry Tom Brady this year. I think we might be overreacting to that a little bit, but man, their defense has been fantastic. And they're going to have to be fantastic in this game because as you probably saw earlier, Mike Evans is going to be suspended for this game. Mike Evans suspended one game for his role in the shoving match that he was having with Marshawn Lattimore in the game with the Saints last week. So he is suspended next week, will not be in this game. You're watching me in real time questioning a decision that I've made. Oh, boy. See, this is the benefit of live streaming. Because this is the stuff that I would just be doing while recording the podcast. 
And uh, I would be sitting here for like five minutes just going like, is this really how I feel about this game? Are we sure? Are we doubling back? Are we blah, blah? But see, now when I'm streaming, I have to make these decisions more quickly because I'm not going to ask you to sit here and just watch me for five minutes stare at a piece of paper. But I'm really, really, really considering making a swap here. I don't, th- I don't think I'm going to. I'm going to stick with my gut. My gut on this one, even though Mike Evans is not playing, my gut's to take the Tampa Bay Bucks. Not only because it is their home opener, so there will be, you know, emotions riding high and everything like that. The Bucks' defense just looks a little unstoppable to me, and I don't think the Packers' offense has figured it out enough to the point where they could challenge a defense like that. So... We're going to go ahead and take the Bucks here at home to pick up the win over my Packers. I don't like betting against the Packers, but, you know, we got to we gotta do what we got to do. I genuinely think the Bucks' defense is what makes it happen uh, this coming week. So let's take Tampa Bay at home to beat Green Bay. Uh, against the spread, I believe Tampa's laying uh, two and a half points as the home favorite. I like them to win. It's a small price to pay. Let's lay the two and a half on Tampa Bay. Total in the game is set at 42 and a half points. Now, this was one where I thought, oh boy, the defenses, the defenses. I almost bid on the under on this one, but I mean, it's Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers, man. You are going to see some points and you are going to see some incredible quarterback play on both sides in this game. I think we got to go over this one. We're going to go over 42 and a half points. In Green Bay, Tampa Bay, so much so that over 42.5 in Green Bay, Tampa Bay is my gold pick on the totals this week. Green Bay, Tampa, over 42.5, my gold pick. Let's go Tampa Bay 24, Green Bay 21. Exceptionally competitive football game. Who knows? Could be a preview of the NFC Championship game again. That would make my heart happy to give Green Bay another chance at slaying that dragon. 24-21, 24-21, Bucks win at home, take the Bucks minus the two and a half. All right, San Francisco and Denver now, a matchup of two teams who kind of surprisingly have two of in and around the top five total defenses in the NFL so far in this young season, both in and around the top five. Both of them have done very good jobs of limiting the movement of the opposition on the defensive side. Now, in terms of the offense, actually, it's funny. We were talking a little earlier, Martin and I were, about the Denver Broncos and, oh, how they struggled on defense or struggled on offense, struggled on offense. The Broncos are like in and around the top five right now in terms of total offense. This is because the league is skewing to like so skewing so defensively in the first couple of weeks here. The offenses have not really caught up. The Broncos have moved the ball actually rather well, hasn't always translated onto the scoreboard yet. I think we'll start seeing a little bit more of that here in the next couple of weeks as this offense kind of sort of figures itself out. Uh, The Niners, uh, you know, their offense is kind of middling. They've been without George Kittle in both games this season. And let's talk about some injuries here, unfortunately, and you never want to have to talk about ones that are this severe. Now, there's one on both sides, Uh, The less severe one is on Denver's side, and it's Jerry Judy. He's dealing with a rib injury. He is highly questionable to play in this game. I would say he's probably closer to not playing than playing. So that obviously is a hit to Russell Wilson and a hit 
to this Broncos offense. On the Niners side, Trey Lance, unfortunately, breaking his ankle. He is going to have surgery. had surgery today, I believe. He is done for the season. And boy, don't you feel good if you're a Niners fan that they didn't trade Jimmy Garoppolo. So it's Jimmy Garoppolo's team for the rest of this year. Let's see if he can take this team into the playoffs. Let's see if they can make some noise in the postseason. Jimmy... Basically, you almost look at it like it's it's his uh, 49ers last ride because like this this is going to be his last year with the team. I would have to be I would I feel really 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 confident in saying that this is probably going to be his last year with the team. Apologies by the way if you heard uh, the ambulance there in the background. Uh, Martin in the chat, I'm really happy to see Jimmy G back. I don't see the Broncos offense turning it around, so I'm leaning towards San Francisco in that game. I'll be really interested to see what that offense in San Francisco looks like with Jimmy having a full week to prepare knowing he's the starter. Like that I think is going, that's significant. And I'll be real interested to see how it looks with him developing and with him uh, developing, with him, you know, preparing as if he's the, the starter for the, you know, basically the first time this year. Uh, I do actually like Denver in this game. Denver's taking a point and a half here at home as the dog. I think that's an overreaction by Vegas and by betters. Um, I think the Denver Broncos are the better football team, especially if San Francisco still does not have George Kittle. George Kittle is so important to that offense. I don't, I, I just think Denver's the better team. And uh, I think Denver can better adapt to not having Judy than San Francisco can adapt to not having George Kittle. So I'm going to go ahead and take Denver in this one. Let's take Denver at home and the upset win over the 49ers. Denver's taking plus 1.5 at home here. So obviously I like him to win. I will take the plus 1.5 in the Broncos. So much so that my gold pick against the spread is the Denver Broncos plus the 1.5. Denver plus 1.5, my gold pick against the spread. Total in the game set at 45 and a half points. I'm going to lean on these two defenses to both have good performances. We're going to stick under this total, under 45 and a half points in Denver, San Francisco. So much so that my platinum pick on my totals this week are the San Francisco 49ers and Denver Broncos under 45 and a half points. Let's take Denver 21, San Francisco 13. I think Denver has that big performance and they get the win as the dogs. And the last game we are going to look at on the week three schedule, the Dallas Cowboys in New York to take on the Giants battle of the NFC East. And two teams that kind of mirror each other fairly well so far this season. So when I say these two teams kind of mirror each other this year, both of them are teams that are fairly decent at moving the ball so far this year in their, you know, in their respective two games. Defensively, I defensively, I think they've played fairly well as well. Um, they can move the ball, although maybe actually, maybe thinking of it a little bit more, they might leave a little something to be desired on the offensive side there. Daniel Jones still, and I got nothing against Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones still misses wide open throws that somebody that's been in the NFL the amount of time that he has should be making. You can always say this. 
I feel like they're throws that I would make. <laughs> and I am not an NFL quarterback by any means. So it's got to be real frustrating for Giants backers sometimes just to watch Daniel Jones play quarterback. I think he's going to get better. It's just a matter of when. Both of these defenses, I think, have played very well this year in terms of, at the very least, limiting yardage from the other team. Some of that is a reflection of who they've played. But look, you got to go out there. Like Ray Lewis said, the bottom line is you got to buckle up your chin strap. You still have to go and make the plays. And I think defensively, both of these teams have done that by and large this year. Uh, Giants are actually a two and a half point favorite at home coming into this one, which is basically Vegas telling me that they think these two teams are relatively similar. And I was, you know, I was digging for one more upset play to close out this week. Let's take the Dallas Cowboys on the road in New York to beat the Giants. I don't have either New York team winning at home this week. Uh, we're going to take the Cowboys here. Uh, Cooper Rush, get his second straight win. I mean, I still don't like, it still blows my mind that the Cowboys won the game last week. But I think this is another winnable spot for them on the road, team they know very well. We're going to take the Cowboys here to get the win. So on the line, uh, since uh, Dallas is the dog here again, Giants laying two and a half points at home. I liked it, uh, Dallas to win, so we're going to tell you to take the two and a half points on the Cowboys. Total in the game set of 39 and a half. Now, remember what I said uh, for those of you who have been here from the beginning of the show what I said about like, oh my God, give me a number in the thirties. And I, I got a bite on the over here the whole time. Yeah. I'm going to take the under. <laughs> I'm going to stay under on this one because I, both defenses have played very well and they're defenses that know each other very well. And I think there's going to be a lot of this game that's going to be predicated on the run, which keeps the clock moving, which can to a point limit offensive opportunities. So, or certainly opportunities to put points on the board. Keeps that clock moving. So, we're actually going to stick under on this one. It's not a great under. I don't feel super, super happy with it. But we're going to stay under 39.5 points in Dallas, New York. Let's go Dallas 20, Giants 13. Cowboys get the win. They cover the plus 2.5 points. Total stays under. There you have it, folks. Those are the picks for week three in the NFL. Obviously, we got two week two games coming up later on this evening. So what I'm going to do here again is go over the platinum, gold, silver and bronze picks for both straight up against the spread and over under like I've done the last couple of weeks. So straight up, my platinum pick, the Cincinnati Bengals over the New York Jets. My gold pick, the Los Angeles Chargers over the Jacksonville Jaguars, my silver pick, the Buffalo Bills, over the Miami Dolphins, and my bronze pick, the Los Angeles Rams, over the Arizona Cardinals. Against the spread, my platinum pick, Buffalo Bills laying five points, my gold pick, the Denver Broncos taking 1.5, my silver pick, the Los Angeles Rams, laying minus four, and my bronze pick, the Pittsburgh Steelers, taking plus 4.5. On my totals, my platinum pick is the San Francisco 49ers and Denver Broncos under 45 and a half points. My gold pick, the Green Bay Packers and Tampa Bay Buccaneers over 42 and a half. My silver pick, the Baltimore Ravens and the New England Patriots over 42 and a half. And my bronze pick, the Atlanta Falcons and the Seattle Seahawks over 41 and a half. 
So those are the picks for week three. Thank you so much for taking the time to watch the stream here live, to uh, chime in in the chat, which was pretty well just the Martin show. But you know what? He makes such great comments that I'm certainly okay with that. And actually, he's got a couple more in here. Uh, I'm really happy to see Jimmy G back. I don't see the Broncos offense turning it around, so I'm leaning towards San Francisco in that game. The Cowboys know the Giants for sure, but they don't know Brian Dable. I'm on the fence for this. I love the G-Men. So here's the thing. Eventually, the horseshoe up Brian Dable's butt uh, is going to slide out. (laughs) Might have been a little graphic for some folks. But, I mean, like, I don't dislike Brian Dable at all. But, like, eventually, they're going to start piling up some losses because they're just not that team they're not a an exceptionally good football team and for a young ish head coach eventually i i i just see that turn that sort of some of that goodwill turning around so i just don't i don't necessarily see that um happening this week anyway i'm i'm comfortable taking the cowboys in this one uh neek is that how you pronounce that n-e-i-k neek Nick Shariati has a fantasy question. Ah, fantasy football question. All right. We're going to close out the show on this one. Should I trade Allen Robinson, Kelsey, and Edmonds for Pitts, Brees Hall, and St. Brown? Full PPR and redraft. So in redraft, I wouldn't do that. Um, Dynasty? I would. I, I can't click yes to that trade fast enough because that feels like you're absolutely destroying them. Um, but in redraft... I wouldn't I wouldn't be so quick to get rid of really to get rid of Travis Kelsey if I'm being perfectly honest. I think what we've shown here uh in the early part of the season is that he's still nuclear and he's probably going to spend the season still being nuclear. So in redraft I wouldn't be getting rid of Travis Kelsey. I like Kyle Pitts obviously. I like Brees Hall obviously. I really like I'm assuming that's Amon Ross St. Brown rather than Equinemius St. Brown, but I really like Amon Ross St. Brown. That would be the piece that if you could try to snag just Amon Ross St. Brown and not have to give up Travis Kelsey, I would certainly look into that, but I I wouldn't be too quick to uh, give up one of the premier tight ends uh, in fantasy football. Uh, Full PPR and redraft. Thanks. No problem. No problem, Nick. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for tuning into the week three show here, folks. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees, and it was so incredible once again, I finished all of my tea. That's the week three show. It is in the books now. We will see you again next week for the week four stream, and enjoy the week two Monday night football games that are just about to take place. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.